Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Great to be with you on Holy Week and great to be with you live here on Good Friday. So if you're watching the show on Facebook, hey, comment, tell us how you're doing this Good Friday, how you're making adjustments with a whole different set of circumstances, if you will. All of us, you know, many of us still being at home, staying at home, having different arrangements for Easter and Good Friday and whatever you did on Holy Thursday yesterday. But drop us a note and share this video. I think a lot more people are home this morning and today and at home because of the coronavirus restrictions. So let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we can pray for you. Pray for us and our work. We're still making a lot of adjustments. There's still a lot of things going on that relate to our work. I've got some big updates from the courts on the issues related to the coronavirus and the restrictions on medical uh, surgeries that also relate to abortion. We've been heavily involved in that court case, which was a huge win, but it's not over. We're going to talk a lot about that, but it's great to be with you on Good Friday. You know, such an important day, such a special day. And I got a special Easter message that I taped uh, yesterday in, in my home where I'm at today as well. And you're going to want to watch it. We, we had, we really enjoyed making it. I think my kids enjoyed being a part of that process and got to benefit from knowing, you know, what it takes and what it's like to just put together a small, short, less than one minute video. And so it was great to have some assistance, as I like to call them, in that process. And I had a little bit of an audience, too. But it is a great week. You know, it's always a glorious week when you're in the state of Texas, in my opinion. But a lot of adjustments to deal with uh, as it relates to the coronavirus, a lot to pray for, a lot to wonder, and a lot to be concerned about. But at the same time, I think we're seeing some elements of hope, some things to be encouraged by, or some signs that maybe things are going to start to get a little bit better. Maybe we've seen the worst of this, but I don't know. I mean, I, I can't make those type of predictions. But I think some of that just goes along with it being Holy Week, with it being Good Friday, and trying to think about what can we be praying for? What, what can we be hopeful about and be encouraged by? That's always what I want to do above all is be a hope and encouragement to the people that care about the work we do, all Texans and all people around the world, as a matter of fact, in any way, you know, it'd be funny if people were to look at um, our Facebook analytics and find out where we touch. I think just about every country uh, or every kind of large scale country in the world, we have Facebook fans. I mean, it's there, there's some countries I can't even pronounce, I'll admit, when we look at the data, it's fascinating just to see from the East to the West, the reach of Texas values, particularly our Facebook page, even though we're just a state-based organization. And that's gonna be our focus this week as it always is. What's happening in the state of Texas on the issues that we care about for faith, family, and freedom. But we'd love to hear comments from you. We're gonna talk a little bit about that today what it's like to, you know, to, to go through Holy Week and Good Friday and, and Easter, at, you know, for churches and people that go to church regularly. And, you know, they're really kind of making those adjustments. I know my family and I, we've been celebrating church and church activities here at our home. We were watching Jesus of Nazareth movie from many decades ago over the past couple of days. And so we'd love to hear those comments and kind of what you're doing this week and different adjustments as it relates to your life, but also to Holy Week. But there are a lot of issues that are still going on that are very important to the work that we do. And, and many of them relate to schools. And so, you know, we try not to take too much of a, a break from some of those things uh, because of how we're all been gripped by the coronavirus, because we know that very quickly these things could still be happening and they are of concern. And that's going to be the subject of our guest today. Hanoi Avila is a pastor in the central Texas area. He is in a leadership position for um, churches, for church, the church, I'll let him say it in a minute, an independent church entity um, and very important in the leadership he is for pastors and 
and church leaders across uh, the central Texas area, maybe in other parts of the state. But his church is right here in my hometown in Cedar Park, just northwest of the Austin area. So we're going to have a good conversation about that, but also about what's going on in Austin ISD and the impact that the radical sex education is having on students and families here in Austin ISD and really talk a little bit about, are they still going to try to uh, teach this stuff in light of everything that's going on in the schools? But Pastor Hanoi Avila, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thanks for having me, John. So a little bit of grace, if you could extend that to me as a pastor for the name of the entity, tell our listeners the name of your church. And I do have a little bit of, um, you know, I wouldn't call it fluency, but I've got about a survival level of Spanish. And so I can pronounce some Spanish words well, but um, but I don't know that I can say your church the right way. So I want you to say, tell us the name of your church and also the church entity that you lead. Yeah, so I am uh, Hanoi Avila and I'm a pastor uh, here, local pastor um, in Cedar Park in Leander area. So our church is in Leander. Uh, and the name of our church is Iglesia Edificadores. I uh, lead this church as it is, is, an, is a, a church that's primarily uh, Latino. So uh, our services are mainly in Spanish. So we are ministering to the Latino community primarily here in the area. Um, on the side of that, I would also lead an organization, uh, which I'm the president and founder of Consejo de Iglesias Cristianas Independientes, which is Council of Christian Independent Churches. And it's a, basically a collective of Latino pastors in the city of Austin that are primarily non-denominational churches, evangelical churches. Got it. Council of Independent Churches. That's the name I was trying to look for. And I appreciate you laying it out in Spanish, too. I mean, we do have people from a lot of different languages that watch our Facebook Live, that listen to our weekly radio show, that interact with the work we do. Uh, people may know and be familiar that, you know, we do a lot. We put a lot of our information out in Spanish when we can. There's a strong Spanish-speaking community in our state. There's a lot of different languages that are spoken in the state of Texas. So if people have interest in helping us translate those things into other languages, we'd always be open to that because we want to reach more people. And it is interesting to hear that background. I live in this area. It is a very growing area. And, you know, being able to cater to, um, to, to have people connect when they're, you know, their native language can be very important. And I know that's been a concern of some of the work that you've been doing with us at Austin ISD and really the ability for families and parents to get good information. And, and a lot of times what we've seen is there's been a lack of transparency. There's really been a lack of effort by Austin ISD. And it started a couple of years ago with this radical sex education that they tried to start pushing. And then it got flipped or they had to change it because we had a new law that prevented abortion providers. This stuff contains some very graphic stuff about sex, some very graphic things about body parts, some very graphic things about a lot of different relationships that people are uncomfortable with or have concerns concerns about many that promote a very or can promote a very promiscuous sexual lifestyle and just content that's way too much for kids at an elementary school level. And much of the content has been designed in a way that's hostile to Christians and people that have a biblical worldview and really a scientific worldview about how men and women were created in, in their biological makeup. And so you've been right there in the middle of this, really bridging that gap, gap between English and Spanish, but also the faith world with parents. And you've been a really strong voice. Uh, tell us something a little bit about what's happening lately and some of the efforts that have been going on related to the concern and the opposition 
to the Austin ISD radical sex education. Absolutely. So what we, I want to basically explain here, how do you, how did I get involved in this, John? Because um, I agree with exactly with all you're saying. I think the uh, Austin Independent School District has been working in the dark um, as they've been developing this curriculum. But the sad part about it is that as a Latino pastor, I've approached um, all of the pastors that are part of, of our collective and primarily Latino pastors. And uh, when you invited me to a briefing, I've, you know, I've, I got all this information and everything that was taking place. So it really captured my attention. I, you know, I've started to do some research on Latino students in the district. And I found out that the district, 55% of the districts are made up of Latino, Spanish speaking, whether first or second generation students. And so well, that that captured my attention. So I went back to our pastors and basically asked them, do you know, are you aware of what is currently happening here in Austin and with our education system? Tell you the truth, majority of them did not have a clue. And then I've asked them to go with uh, to their congregations, back to their congregations and talk to the parents. And the parents came back with similar information, similar statistics majority of the parents did not have a clue that this was being implemented into the school system. So that was alarming to us. And so that's why we, we got involved and we are currently engaged as uh, CICI, um, partnering as part of the coalition Stand Up for Children. And so we are actively working towards, um, um, with the church, with a local church, uh, both Hispanic and non-Hispanic church to come together and be that unified voice against this radical sex ed curriculum that is highly immoral, um, according to our uh, biblical standards and values. Well, look, it's so important to have the voice of the church a part of this conversation. And, and it's even more relevant because the Austinized, the radical sex education that's really abortion-based in a lot of ways, and abortion-promoting, LGBT-promoting, so much of the way it's designed and they've admitted this, is to encourage students to challenge kids that have biblical worldviews when it comes to issues of male and female. There's even parts of this curriculum at one point, I think it's still in there, that encourage kids to really challenge kids that have biblical worldviews to make them feel like they're the ones that are strange and really make these kids become these, you know, really childlike advocates in the classroom and, um, you know, in a very hostile way to, to make children of faith be felt unwelcome. And it's not enough for those kids to just have that view and be silent and not say anything. They're going to be pushed around, if you will, figuratively. They're going to be, you know, really asked a lot of questions and uh, drawn a lot of attention to them in a very negative way. And so that's why it's so important for to have that voice of the church and say, hey, this is not appropriate. And some, what's so interesting, a lot of this, some of this was about making kids feel bad if they talked about having a mother and father. I mean, it's something so basic. We all come from a mother and father, whether we know those two people or not, or however it came about, it's very simple science. You know, so you hear the, a lot of times the other side trying to suggest that, you know, we don't support science and all these other things of people of faith. It's completely scientific that we all come from a mother and a father. It's a biological fact. And so to have curriculum that encourage kids and tell students to not comment about those things, to really deny the fact of what they have at home. That's such a, you know, common and, and biblical, excuse me, a biological fact is just one element of how hostile this is. 
How has the response been in the church community when you've engaged? I mean, it seems like since you've gotten involved in this and others, we've seen more and more people of faith realize this is an important issue that they also want to engage in as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the uh, community of faith is beginning to notice the things that have been doing under the, 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 the things that have been done under the table. And so I think Texas Valley has done a phenomenal job in working in conjunction with the community of faith and informing about what's taking place. So that has, in a sense, waken up the church in, 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 in regards to this issue. So not only do we see Latinos, we see African-American church, Chinese church, we see other churches that are coming up and saying, you know, this is uh, totally wrong. Matter of fact, this week we had a, a group of pastors, uh, different denomination, uh, different, different uh, racial backgrounds. We all came together in a meeting. Uh, we had a, a meeting um, through Zoom. And um, this is capturing the interest of a lot of the pastors, uh, what is currently happening. And so I think there's a lot of hope, uh, John. I think that the church uh, will join the effort and will uh, stand up and stand as that prophetic voice that we're called to be. Well, that's excellent. Look, we're talking with Hanoi Avila. He is a pastor here in the central Texas area. He's been leading a lot of faith-based efforts to push back against radical sex education in Austin ISD. And we've had some success. They've had to change their game plan several times at Austin ISD. And we're going to see what's going to happen next. Um, and I think, did I lose audio? I'm going to get a thumbs up. Okay, you still got me? All right, there, there is. I'm highlighted with this green screen around my face. That that signals to me on Zoom that I'm speaking, I'm being recognized. Fun technology we have these days. But the next step was going to be a sit-out on May 19th. Well, obviously, students aren't going back to school in Austin ISD at all, this school district. That includes May 19th. So the focus is going to be on opting out. Students and parents have the legal right to opt their kids out of sex education. So we're encouraging people to do that. The school district has a way to do that, opt your kid out of sex education. Let's switch gears for a minute, and we'll, we'll come back in another segment and talk a little bit more about what's happening in Austin ISD. But since this is Holy Week, and since you're a pastor of a church, and you're also in a leadership position for in the Central Texas area for many other types of churches, um, let's talk about how you as a pastor and a church leader are handling Holy Week. You know, we're, we're doing this video live, and people are going to hear it audio on radio taped later but but this is good friday i mean wow what an important day for us as christians you know i've been watching the jesus of nazareth uh, movie with my family but we can all reflect on while we call it good friday i mean it was the the day that jesus was crucified right and, and so much there important to us but something to reflect on what's holy week excuse me what's holy week been like for you and what's Easter Sunday look going to look like at your church? And, and, and what do you hear with, from other people and how they're handling it in the church community? Right. Yeah. So, John, there's definitely these are definitely challenging times, uh, a time where, um, you know, as leaders, we have to be creative. Because um, basically what we have right now, the platforms, the laws that are in place are um, sort of forcing us uh, to be creative. And, and that's I think that's great. Um I think there's always good and bad things. And so what I have seen specifically in my local church and for, from what I heard from other pastors is that although we are um, broadcasting our, our, our sermons and we are communicating with our um, members via phone, we're communicating via platform similar to what we're doing right now, um, there is a lot going on 
and and what I'm seeing is there, although we were far apart, there's some um, more intentional relationships, one-on-one being built between pastors and congregants and uh, people are responding and we're doing it differently, but that doesn't mean that God is glorifying himself through technology and through this means of communication. So in our church, what we have seen, we have created more engagement at the one-on-one level. As to the Holy Week, uh, what we have seen in our church specifically has taken this approach is what more can we do? And so I think this is a great opportunity to see Holy Week in a different way. And our approach has been less Let's be family oriented, bring Christ to our house, sit around the table, meditate on the beauty of Jesus Christ as a family. So this whole time, um, Holy Week has been uh, always about the church and the building and surrounding and the core of the community. But I think this this time has bring something different and has bring the time to celebrate Christ in a family setting. And I think that's really important. That's very important. And so we're we're glad that that is taking place in our church and many other churches that are a member of our body. No, that's fantastic. We're talking with Hanoi Avila. He is a pastor of a church here in the central Texas area. He also is in a leadership position for a, a lot of church leaders around this area as well, talking to us about what Holy Week's going to be like in his church and his community and how that's going to work to different for all of us, I would imagine. Yeah, look, I still try to, I got my Easter colors, okay? I've got, you know, I'm trying, I, love dressing up for Easter Sunday. And I'm kind of one of those guys because I, you know, my uniform, as I like to tell my family and kids, is I wear a suit. Would I wear one otherwise? Maybe. But I mean, you know, we all kind of adapt to the role that we have and the work that we do. And so this is my uniform. I wear a suit and tie quite often, or at least a, a jacket. And so, but that allows me when it's like Easter Sunday or kind of a special service, it's real easy for me to dress up because I kind of have a lot of that stuff in my closet, but I do love dressing up for church. It's also a way for me to say, I'm bringing my best, so to speak, right? I'm going to wear my nicest clothes to, to come to the Lord. And so I also use it. I won't say use it, but to me, it's an expression of that myself, but I love dressing up for Easter, you know, getting, getting the kids their Easter outfits and all that. So that was one of the discussions for us is, gosh, are we going to be doing that still? And so, but I chose, I got my, you know, my, my pastel colors or whatever, ready here for our video. We'll see what happens on Easter Sunday. But, you know, we don't have to put aside a lot of those same traditions. I mean, we can if we want. Um, but having that focus back, I want to say back, but that focus in that ability, that freedom to still worship, you know, the, the word of God and the power of the resurrection is not bound by the four walls of a building or a church. We're being reminded of that this week. And so it is encouraging that we still as Americans and Texans and Christians, we still have the freedom, even though we're most of us are at home, we've got this great technology, we can still celebrate our faith and maybe really in, in more of a, uh, a traditional or a basic or an important way to where we can still feel connected with our Savior and our family during this most important week and, and Easter being such an important day. That is great. I think it's a time for creativity uh, in our homes and around our families on how to go about it. I think it's going to be definitely, definitely a different year, but I believe our God is in control and he will be glorified uh, in our homes and in our family. Well, and I think it's great too. I think when a lot of this first started churches, including our organization too, were kind of like, boy, how do we handle this? How do we be sensitive about these issues? And how long is it going to last? And I think now we're starting to see a lot of people, dare I say, sort of settle into, okay, this might last a little bit, 
you know, longer or maybe it doesn't. But now how do we adapt? And so it's great to see the church adapt to really respond. It's great to see you do that as well. So and we're excited that you were able to be a guest on our show today. Pastor Hanoi Avila has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. God bless you, Pastor Avila. And we know we'll be talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Well, that was great to really get some good insight from him, from work that Pastor Avila is doing with other church uh, faith leaders on these awesome sex ed issues, but then transition to talk about what's going on with his church. That's his primary role. And so I know a lot of y'all are adjusting that. I've got a, we've got a great video we put together that I hope you watch our Easter message, you know, really put some time into that. And so, but it's not that long of a video, not that long of a message, but we want to share that with you because that's just a way for us to connect. Um, and, you know, I struggle with this a little bit. I'm a relational guy. I love seeing people in person. I love getting together. I love giving the high fives to my team a lot of times and, and to people that I care about grabbing lunch, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee, just being at a lot of meetings with people in person, saying hello, you know, flashing a smile, you know, a thumbs up, whatever, just that personal engagement. So I've been missing some of that. And, and maybe you have too, you know, but the thing that's been great, the flip side of that is I've been spending so much more time at home with my family. We moved recently and we were, you know, really our family, um, grew last year, as many of you know. And so, you know, we're trying to find the right place. And so that was two or three weeks ago. So we've got a lot to do. And that's allowed us some time to kind of make some adjustments at home and get settled in, but also spend some time together, you know, in the, in the backyard, riding the bikes and stuff. I love doing all that stuff. And so just some of the demands of the work that we have, I just don't always get to do as much of that. And so, but I desire that greatly. And so it's, it's been great to do that. And so, and that's the kind of engagement I love as well. So I, you know, having that in time personal connection with my family, as a matter of fact, um, one of my boys, you know, walked down the stairs this morning, gave me a big high five. Good morning, daddy. You know, those are just such special moments. And I don't always get those because a lot of times mornings are rushed, right? Getting the kids to school or getting breakfast. And, you know, I have a little bit of a longer commute to get to the office. And so it's really been nice. And so I'm taking all that in, but I want to hit some highlights too, though, from this week. Really important week. It is Holy Week, but also very important court decision. You know, we've gotten very involved in this court case, in this issue where the governor said that he was going to have an executive order so we could prioritize medical supplies for coronavirus related issues. And that means if it's not a medically necessary procedure, an essential medical procedure, that, he, that those would be halted at least until April 21st. Well, it turns out that included abortions and abortion facilities. And so Attorney General Paxson came out and clarified that, yes, that includes that. Um, no surprise, but the abortion groups who we know they don't they're not interested in life. While all of us are out there looking at protecting life and trying to preserve as much life as we can and respond to their coronavirus, um, the, the priority for the Planned Parenthood abortion clinics are how can we take lives? You know, really begging, as some people have said, begging the courts, please allow us, please allow us to continue to take the lives of innocent children during this time. And that's what they did. They went to court and they sued the state of Texas and the governor over this temporary, this temporary restriction. All of us have had to deal with restrictions. Um, I mean, according to what a news article, I said, my kids can't even ride a bike behind our, you know, hike and bike trails behind our house. Just one of the many restrictions that we're all having to deal with. We're not, none of us are going to Easter service church, as far as I know, or not in the traditional way. But here's Planned Parenthood saying, no, we're different. Well, the courts came back and said, no, you're not. You're, you're just like all these other people that are having to deal with things. Adjustments where houses of worship aren't meeting, other, other services, people that are having to pull back 
um, because of the health and safety concerns related to the coronavirus. So a local, uh, local court first allowed Planned Parenthood to win. State of Texas appealed. We filed a brief on behalf of 11 different states and a, um, a medical entity and doctors, and we won at the appellate level. So the court said, yes, that can stay in place. Abortion clinics cannot continue to perform these type of abortions, and you have to deal with it. Anytime the Federal Court of Appeals of the Fifth Circuit weighs in and gives you a victory, that's huge because it applies to Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, and other federal courts take notice, and this has been a huge issue. Well, Planned Parenthood filed another lawsuit to try to, you know, because they're they're not they're not interested in trying to all come together during this and adapt during this time. They want their issue to be central focused above anything else. So they sued again, even though it's Holy Week and people are trying to adjust. Uh, they sued again and they got another ruling from the local low, lower court. Uh, the attorney general's office is going to appeal that. But for now, um, the abortions clinics have to close and, and the ones or excuse me, not perform abortions. And the ones that weren't a part of the lawsuit, they really have no standing to do anything. They've got to follow what the governor said on these issues. So, but we've been proud that we've been able to be a part of that to help the state of Texas, so, uh, to support the governor and the attorney general on this effort. We've got great people in our legal and policy team that allow us to do that. So we're just about out of time though. Um, there's also a great resource on houses of worship. As you try to figure out how you're gonna handle the rest of this Holy Week, go to our website to find that. We put an email out. This week, they got tremendous response from the attorney general's office on that you that the governor said churches are essential service. Praise God for that. OK, you think about Holy Week, just a pronouncement from our government leader saying churches are essential in itself. But that has legal ramifications, too, that are good. So check out our website for that. We're just about out of time. Look, have a blessed Easter. OK, don't let any of this stuff that's going on bring you down or let you feel like it's taken away. And, and it is different. OK, but let's focus on the power of the resurrection, all right? Is that true? I'm, I'm gonna get emotional here, so we're gonna we're gonna cut this off in a minute as we run out of time. But have a blessed Easter, because Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. And that is something to be hopeful, to be encouraged by, and to be so grateful. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.